I hope you're already thinking and feeling and moving slower. I went on a three-day silent retreat one time at the instruction of my spiritual director, and uh, when I met with him at the end of the third day, I had to confess that I had slept much of the first day and a half. He said that was the holiest part of my retreat, that I had finally given God permission to be God instead of thinking I had to run the world. I hope some of that seeps into you this hour. This is the time in the service where usually we ask you to take those little black pads and write your name down, pass them down so that you can see if there's a, a guest seated near you. If you do that, that'd, that'd be great for us. We wanted to take just a minute as we plunge into Christmas week to review what'll happen this uh, coming Thursday. We'll have six services of worship uh, the first three at 2 o'clock and 3.30 and 5 o'clock we call all generations or family or kid-friendly services. These are the times where we let the kids hear and let the kids tell the story in ways that keep it fresh for them and for us. Uh, just a word, don't go to the 3.30 service, it's a zoo. <laughs> Everybody goes to the 3.30 service. Go to the 2 o'clock or the 5 o'clock. And then in the evening, we have um, traditional services at 7 o'clock, where we end by serving communion. And at 9 o'clock with the choir, the carols end with Silent Night. And then at 11 o'clock, our table service, which usually meets at 5 o'clock on Sunday, brings Christmas Eve to its fullness with a candlelight service. Our prayer is that you will join us, and frankly, that you will not join us alone. We are, um, uh, part of our tradition here is that every Christmas, uh, for at least the last 35 years, every Christmas our offering has gone outside to a special organization that we love. We're about to celebrate our 60th anniversary, starting next month, and part of the preparation for that 60th is that we refreshed what it is that's central to us. We looked again at what are our deepest values here. And what makes us at 70th and 100 uh, just a little different. And, and one of those that struck me this week was that core to who we are is a spirit of possibility. And that is that we will look for things to become new and different and fresh, believing a, that God is not finished yet, and so neither should we be, and B, the value of possibility is there because we are created in the image of God to create. That's a messy process, let me tell you. It rarely comes through a strategic plan, and you stumble over these spirits of possibilities. I had one of these 20 years ago, literally 20 years ago this autumn, I am walking down the office corridor, and a woman comes up to me, and she goes, Oh, John, I'm, I'm so glad to see you. I can't find Paul. Now, Paul Bertelson was our student minister at the time. And I said, I can't find Paul. I've got the check here for the $10,000 to buy the crack house. And I stopped, and, and I said, I'd be glad to take that check. And she left happy, and I turned around, and I said, Paul! Paul, crack house, what's a crack? What are we doing? 
That was the beginning of our partnership into the city with a movement, not an organization, a movement called Irvin Homeworks that is now celebrating their 20th anniversary. And before I asked the leader to come up, I thought I'd just for a minute and 45 seconds give you a glimpse of the ministry of Urban Homeworks. Urban Homeworks is more than hard hats and hammers, more than rebuilding houses. We're about rebuilding neighborhoods, reconnecting people, reclaiming hope. Here's how it works. Urban Homeworks purchases distressed properties in strategic neighborhoods. And while they usually aren't much to look at, these houses are transformed into homes thanks to the time and talent of three groups of people. Volunteers from churches, companies, or community groups come on site to help tear down walls, learn about urban neighborhoods, and start to see the city with new eyes. Project sites provide the perfect venue for vocational training with partners like Tree Trust and Goodwill Easter Seals. Through their programs, students earn a high school diploma while learning job skills, and adults looking to start fresh grow in confidence and experience. There are some parts of building a quality home we just can't do on our own, so we partner with local professionals to finish the job. And since they're from the community, the money they earn locally is invested locally. These finished homes need people. Urban neighbors are young Christian professionals given the opportunity to learn from living in the city by volunteering time in their community and from the everyday interaction that comes with being an engaged neighbor. Our other renters are families of low income, making between $10,000 and $17,000 annually, and are challenged to afford stable, consistent housing. Urban Homeworks is intentional in partnering with local social service organizations so that unexpected issues or expenses don't disrupt housing stability. These partnerships allow Urban Homeworks to find solutions directly with families and organizations. So it's grown a lot from buying a crack house and rebuilding it. And one of the things central to Urban Homeworks is that it's not just building a house it's restoring a neighborhood by joining that neighborhood. 16 years ago, we started 20 years ago, 16 years ago, a young man and his family decided they wanted to be part of that. His name is Chad Schwitters. Chad, why don't you come up? And Chad moved into the neighborhood, helped build a house and then another house and another house and has provided leadership for the kingdom of heaven in that part of the city. How's it changed you? It has been a ride. Uh, 20, what this church, and I just got to say thank you, this is a really powerful moment for me to be with you all. 20 years ago, you guys planted a seed through some of the leadership in this place, and that seed started to take root. And although that, that seed hasn't grown into a, a tree that's had huge geographic width, I can tell you it's got deep, 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 deep roots. And those roots have... Uh, fostered relationships, deep transformative relationships that have changed my life in some very, very significant ways and have helped me see some things that I thought I'd never, ever see. For example, it's really like we're in the middle of Christmas where God becomes flesh and dwells among us and moves in next door. And this indwelling, um, this God of the universe could have chosen anywhere on the planet to become flesh, but chooses a place 
called Nazareth to be associated with. And this was no joke. Nazareth was a funky little town in the shadows of Sepphoris where revolutions started to emerge. And right at the time Jesus was born, there was one of those revolutions. And Herod comes in, burns the city, enslaves 30,000 people, crucifies 2,000 more on the way out of town and says, this is what happens when you stand up to power. And we have a Nazareth like that in our community. We call it the north side. And so I think when we, rethink, we think about and recontextualize, when I think about and what's changed for me when I read the scriptures and, and I look at the story of Christmas and I see that, that this Jesus of Nazareth might become known as, in this community, in our city, as Jesus of the north side, it starts to change that narrative for me quite a bit. And old uh, Nathaniel is asking Philip, can anything good come from there? John, 4, John 1, 46. And so we have rising in our community. This is what is so exciting to me, is rising in our community, just like Moses was plucked out of the Nile River and ran upstream and said, Pharaoh, let my people go. And Jesus comes out of, Naz- out of Egypt, crosses the Jordan River, and later on runs to Jerusalem and is later baptized in the Jordan and runs up to Jerusalem and says, we got to change some things. We have people in our community that are rising up like that in our running upstream. And the housing that we're talking about, uh, stabilizing, we, got, we have a, a project where we're looking at stabilizing some, some houses that are being poorly managed in our neighborhood and t- capturing 30 of those as a demonstration project in order to show that we can turn these into something very pos- po- positive that, pr- that, that provide platforms and stepping stones for people to run upstream and say we can do something different for ourselves and our community. I think there's a spirit of possibility in this, a big, huge spirit of possibility. And I think that spirit of possibility fuels a redemptive chance for us, not just in North Minneapolis, to make some changes, but a redemptive chance for us as people of faith. We get to do something. We get to enter in to this chance to show the world what it's like when disciples of this Jesus of Nazareth, this Jesus born in this manger, this Jesus of the north side, get together and make a decision to make something happen. And so I'm excited. Not, not much passion. <laughs> hey, nothing happens without passion. You guys are celebrating your 20th in a fresh way. How can CPC help? Well, I think CPC can help continue to cultivate like you have over the last 20 years. But here's what you can do specifically. Let's make this Christmas offering the biggest one ever. (laughs) The city of Minneapolis has committed $750,000 to this, John. Let's beat it. Let's show the city that we can do something radically important and positive and powerful in conjunction with what they're doing. We we have, uh, this is a $4.5 million dollar a $5.3 million project, $4.5 million left. If you have investments out there that can be redirected, come see me after the service. We can put those to work on the north side. And this is not an easy battle, but it is a good one. And so we need your prayers. We need your prayers. Hold us in prayer. Hold the north side in prayer. Hold Urban Homeworks in prayer. We need you. We, uh, we want to add to the hundreds of thousands of dollars that we hope are given at least a hundred of you who will go to the north side and help build walls and paint and 
become better neighbors in the name of Christ. Chad and uh, Terry and Laura Becker, the chair of the board, members here, will be out in the, in the narthex. But he said something important. He said, we shouldn't just give, we shouldn't just serve, we should pray. <laughs>